Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, it's time for another late night Loki. Episode two just dropped. We just watched it and it's time to chat about it a little bit. All that right after this ad we have no control over. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll and we have two guest hosts with us tonight. We've got Brian V. Klein, who joined us last week for Late Night Loki, and Jay Scotty St. Clair. How you guys doing tonight? Fantastic. Doing excellent. Thanks for having me here. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm super glad you could hop in, Jay Scotty. Uh, BVK was planned to be here, but uh, Jeff kind of had a last minute. Uh, last minute, uh, he didn't feel well and he couldn't make it, so thanks for hopping in. I won't say that I'm the superior Jeff, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you did make it. So, you know, yeah, we're not calling you Jeff. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the J stands for. My mind is breaking. It's a, it's a whole, if only. this is, this is a different, uh, the, Jay Scotty is a variant version of Jeff. Oh, so oh, that explains so much now. Oh my God. Back to the future. Man, this is crazy. I gotta, we gotta reevaluate our whole friendship now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get right into it, guys. We do, we do, we like to do these late night Loki's quick. So what did you guys think of Loki episode two? Fantastic. It was, it started off so much where, I mean, I was laughing so hard, especially the scene at the beginning with Same. him and, uh, Miss Minutes. And then by the end, I was just like <laughs> jaw on the ground. Just like, that's how, great to show as it hits you everywhere and just so much to uh, unpack in this episode. Yeah, for, for sure. Um, they're really like, I couldn't, the thing that keeps, uh, keeps coming back to me. I, I just rewatched the first episode before we watched this one and like, mm-hmm. and this episode as well. And like, it's just so packed with good lines. And like, I think mm-hmm. about what happened when I think of the episodes, I'm trying to like talk about what all happened. What, what was the arc of the episode? And there's a lot of little things that happened, but like every line is gold. Every mm-hmm. single line between the two of them, they're like constantly kind of bickering at each other and picking on each other and saying like really thoughtful and really insightful things. Like I, I want to go and watch, I just want to watch every episode so closely because there's just so much gold in there. Green and gold. <laughs> true. True. Yeah. I mean, this, the, 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 the back and forth between Owen Wilson and Tom Hiddleston is just it's ridiculous how how good it is, and even in this episode, they just keep adding on to it, and you feel you see these new layers of their working relationship getting unraveled, and it's you just it's so good, so good. Yeah, yeah. And I can only echo s- similar th- sentiments there, but you talk about the opening with Miss Minutes and the humor there, but I got to rewind a little bit to that opening scene with like the Ren Fair and just like how the uh, the series is able to balance between that humor, but then also the suspense. And the action and what's going on with this this other version of Loki is is just really raw and and, and great stuff. I'm I'm really impressed with the the way the series is moving along so quickly. It's great pacing. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people compare this the the sort of like promotional materials and stuff of this to Doctor Who, mm. and th- okay. that balance of humor and sort of terror and adventure is something that Doctor Who does really well. And this episode particularly reminded me a ton of Doctor Who. When the little doors, okay. when when you see all these all these charges start to be set all around the room, and then those little doors open up under them and drop them to various places. I guess various places on the timeline. Yeah, they showed yeah. the scene inside the TVA with the the monitor, and it was showing 
it was showing pretty much a lot of the events they already went to. You saw Pompeii and you saw all these basically almost the apocalyptic events, which I'm assuming he's resetting for them to not happen or to change. I mean, hmm. we don't know, but I just saw, I saw on the screen, I saw Pompeii definitely. I, okay. I think it's safe to assume they're Nexus events because those are the yeah. things that like basically create this multiverse of madness that we seem to be thrust headlong into at the end of this episode. Right. Cause that's that timeline just, uh, splintered out branched out like holy crap yeah and one of the agents said someone just bombed the sacred timeline yep right and you just seeing all these branches forming at one time clearly it seems out of the scope of what the tva is used to and it it just reminded me so much it's amazing that they were able to set up this world in one episode where we feel like we have some grasp of how the tva works and sort of Uh like what is an average day for them that right. we, we know when this happens at the end, that this seems like a shocking, crazy thing that's going on that like, it, it just was really well done really for such, for such a strange environment to already have like a good, for us to already have a grasp of what a good set point for them is like what kind of their normal is and then be okay. able to blow it out of the water where we're like, Oh my gosh, like I am blown away that, the sacred timeline's been bombed. What? And I'm like, wait, like, I didn't know what the sacred timeline was last week. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) and suddenly I'm shocked that the sacred timeline's being blown up. Like it's really got me invested. And the one question I still had from the first episode, which was sort of like, how easy is it to access something that allow you to distort or disrupt the timeline? Cause that kid, that was the, you know, the, the son of the Goldman Sachs guy, like how did he get something to be able to go back in time and mess with it? It's like, is it that, prevalent out there that they have to have all these things and then all of a sudden now it's just like for them it's probably like a regular day where it's the office next thing you know all of a sudden it gets bombed and they're going we don't know how to handle this holy crap because they're pretty much you know just pencil pushers in a lot of ways and they 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 use this episode and to show you all the different levels of the people that are there especially when they're in that library and you see the the lady who's pretty much like no this is classified this is classified Mm -hmm. like here this is all you get to see and it's you know his file. Give me files in the beginning of the universe. Classified. Yeah. <laughs> Give me everything universe. you got in the timekeepers. Like, yeah, you're going to have that readily available. Yeah. I can't wait. I want it so bad, though. Come on. Tell me who the timekeepers are. Who are they? What are the space lizards? I want to know everything. <laughs> but the one revelation we got in this episode is that the perfect event in the history of time is jet skis. <laughs> yes. I mean, in the early 90s, one point just happened where it was everything came to play, and it's freaking jet skis. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, jet skis are fun, don't get me wrong, but it's like, okay. I know. really wanted Loki to say, when he was having the conversation a little later about chaos, and he's talking about the perfect, we will end time in perfect peace with the timekeepers. He said, uh, oh. Mobius says that. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, that sounds boring. And I really wanted to be like, it doesn't sound like a place for jet skis. <laughs> right? Like, like you, cause it doesn't like a little bit of chaos is what makes life like interesting and fun. And like, I, I kind of want him to call uh, Mobius out and be like, doesn't sound like a place for jet skis. Right? Like the, the place of perfect peace and harmony. No, you want to like, you want the apex of what you're fighting for. You don't want to end with like, just giving time over to these timekeepers. Oh, exactly. I like it. It was a missed opportunity for a callback. I'm sure we'll hear about jet skis again. They can't drop that and just be like, oh, that's <laughs> it. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I could see that. I could also just see it like being like an ongoing thing there where you just see like future episodes where there's jet skis in the background in his office or something. Or just yeah. like the magazines. Yeah. 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 Mm. Well, talking about the interplay between like Loki and Mobius and just what a great job Owen Wilson's doing. Another thing that impresses me about the show just two episodes in is we've gotten jokes uh, in both episodes that appeared in the trailer that were really funny in the trailer, but they still managed to land when we see them in, in the episode because they do little things like they omitted like Loki's little one line reactions. Like I can't remember specifically what he said afterwards, but it's like, I've seen you stab people in the back like 50 times. Yeah, but mm. I'd never do it again. Yeah. I, it, because it get boring. Yeah. Cause he was talking about the context of it's, uh, right. It's, it's n- routine at this point. Yeah, yeah. It's a routine way of killing. It's like a, that's a, that's right. a, a pedestrian way of killing, of, of betraying right, right. someone. <laughs> right. And then I think back on episode one when he just had, um, you know, sign, uh, sign this saying, this is everything you've ever said. Mm-hmm. It's like sign this too. And then there was one more on top of that. And just that extra little joke was enough to get a, an audible laugh out of me. So. That's pretty rad. That's pretty rad. Yeah. Any, anything that can get a real audible laugh, like in actuality, is pretty rad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. I I just right. I don't I don't know. Let's. I, what else are we missing? I feel like there's probably other large things we're missing, and I know this is late night Loki where we're all punchy and we're just trying to like <laughs> throw out ideas and throw out things that we liked. But well, I will say that we're talking about the humor aspect. I I personally thought that when he called him Professor Loki at the beginning was sort of used as a derogatory term because of, I just automatically went to the Star Wars reference when Han Solo calls, calls uh, 3PO, well, the professor says, and he uses it as like, oh, he thinks he's smarter than us, which in actuality he is, but Loki probably listens to, hears that and is like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm teaching you guys things. <laughs> but it's also, you know, who knows? Just like I said, the interplay between them, especially when he was trying, when, when Loki was explaining the whole event with his salad and yeah, he's kept peppering great. it and salting and no one wasn't like, that's my lunch. That's not a metaphor. And then he goes and sees <laughs> Pillboy or Casey and he grabs his juice box cause he's out of his drink and he's just sitting there knowingly ruining his lunch to try to make a point, which he could have made in a different way, but it's just like, <laughs> he's still, he's still poking at him. Yeah. And yeah. Pillboy's like you again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so good. I, I don't think I could ever call him Casey though. That's this Pillboy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to break that. I feel like we'd be bearing the lead if we didn't mention the fact that they, you know, they didn't waste any time. We knew this variant was out there, but it, we get the reveal that's Lady Loki. Right. True. Mm-hmm. We get the hood pulled down. Yeah. True. We get I was, to see Lady Loki in all her sassy glory. I was very expecting it, so I, I wasn't shocked, but like, yeah, it was very sassy and fun. And like, I, I thought about that, this, like this Loki, introducing this new Loki. So, you know, you, you we've got the Hawkeye series coming soon where they are introducing right. a new Hawkeye to take over who, who, and, and I'm assuming the old Hawkeye might leave the franchise or like maybe Renner won't be in it as much or whatever, or he'll die. <laughs> yeah, he, he wanted to go back to his family on the farm. Now he got him back anyway. After right. End game. So a new Hawkeye has been introduced. I didn't thought of it until now, but if this Loki is introduced and if we get a Loki that we end up actually kind of liking by the end of the story, because this Loki, she even says, uh, don't call me that. Like, don't, don't use that name. I like, kind of like she's far beyond that or something. Um, I really want to know like what that means and who is this Loki. And I kind of was thinking like, what if Tom Hiddleston's Loki does end up leaving before this series is over? And this is a new Loki introduced to the universe. Still don't know what we're getting with the female Thor coming 
in Love and Thunder, we're getting a female Hawkeye. <laughs> we're getting like, and now we've got a female Loki on the board. Like we've got a lot of different gender flipped roles coming. Maybe it's too, maybe it's like doing the same gimmick too many times, but I, I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. And like Emily says here, Hiddleston has mentioned that he wants to keep playing it. And with the way that they're bringing him back into this with the whole, you know, if you, if you help us with this mission, who's to say that he can't blend right back into the, um, the timeline. I mean, right. I could see him coming back and say, even like love and thunder or something. And Thor being like, wait, who the hell are you? You're dead. I've warned you already. Stay away. You know, stay away, I guess. But an actor of his caliber, you definitely, you know, if you can keep him on, I'd say you got to keep him on. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, as, as much as uh lady Loki is a, is a thing in the comics or from the comics, obviously, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here. Like they've been planting the seeds for young Avengers and young Loki is a thing in the comics as well. That's been pretty prominent in the last few years here anyway. So I just sure. kind of think back to that scene where Mobius pulled up all those crazy different versions of Loki. Mm-hmm. where we even got to see like a hulked out version of Loki. So <laughs> it's all out there. Yeah. And then, yeah, Emily uh, is, is letting me know that I am correct. It feels kind of <laughs> self, self gratifying. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> funny. Uh, that reminds another- me. After a big argument with me and Jeff last week, I was rounding or I was collating the feedback and putting it all in order and stuff. And I was like having to like struggle to like fight, just putting all the people that agreed with me at the top, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's going through the list like, nope, 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 nope. Um, another thing before we go that I want to bring up is the whole, the timekeepers thing. And are they real or are they actually just a. Uh, I'm getting sort of, if anyone out there has seen the show Snowpiercer in the first season, Mr. Wilford, who's the guy that pretty much runs the whole thing, he's not, they think he's dead. So Melanie, who's the main person on the show, is basically saying, well, Mr. Wilford says this, Mr. Wilford says that, when in actuality she's doing it herself. Right. So the judge, is she's supposed to be relaying the thoughts of the timekeepers. Are they real? Are they not? I mean, we don't know yet. I think I said it on the first uh, episode don't pay attention to the space lizards behind the curtain. Like th- this right. could very much be a wizard of Oz situation where you like, Ooh. Ooh, it's a big Oz. This is a timekeepers, but actually it's somebody in the TVA is just running the show and like controlling the levers of power and, and the way they want. It could be this, uh, lady from the court. What's her name? Renslayer. Renslayer. Interesting. Yeah. Um, or it could be someone else or it could be, I, you know, you saying all that made me think of like an AI because Ooh, you also, true. you also have this episode. He, he talks to Miss Minutes. Mm-hmm. What if the TVA is actually being kind of controlled by Miss Minutes or like not even, not necessarily Miss Minutes, but like some AI like Miss Minutes because he asks her, are you alive or are you just showing me videos? And she's like, <laughs> kind of both and like yeah. dances around. It made me think there's something more to miss minutes than meets the eye possibly. So like maybe it's mm. not actually miss minutes, but like it could be an AI like they're kind of introducing the idea that there are these AIs among the TVA. Interesting. Right. TJ Stafford says it's Casey. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Jimmy T3 on Twitch says return of Ultron confirmed. What a crazy thing would it be if this was Ultron leading back to his own existence 
by creating <laughs> a society in this little pocket universe. Ooh. Now, let, let me ask you guys this, and I think I may have misunderstood. At the end, when they're at Roxcart and they they run into the agent that was abducted from the the Ren Fair, and she's saying, yeah. "I led them to them. I led, led I led him to her or to them, mm-hmm. who the right. timekeepers." I'm thinking, how would she know, unless she's just talking about the TBA, how would she know where the timekeepers are? Because it seems like no one does. Unless that's just a... Great you know, question. Uh, it's just that he, she, he, she's led Loki to the TBA or something, which obviously they know about because she's getting the information. Which, by the way, when... Um, uh, what was the... B-15, when she was walking with Loki, and all of a sudden she's like, so you're the one they sent to find me? I'm thinking, oh crap! It was her all along, but then you realize that she can just project her. You know, I didn't realize that. I thought she when she was when she did that to the first uh, uh, agent at the rent fair that it was just right. a possession thing, not a or a control thing, not a possession thing. Uh, because right. they show her in the, the the control booth, so it's like, wait a second. I'm thinking like that body type wasn't the same style we saw in the cloak, but then when she got dropped down, I'm like, oh okay. Yeah. I'm like that would have been interesting if it was her all along when she was in the TBA and oh, they yeah. wouldn't have been able to detect that. For sure. That would have been interesting. But, the magic doesn't work there though, supposedly. Um, that's true. Okay. So yeah, that's that's all that's all wild. My my only think thought on that, the idea that they she told them where the where where the the space lizards are is mm-hmm. like maybe there are certain moments in the timeline that the timekeepers are particularly protective of because they're leading towards. See, I, I think they're leading towards whatever future allows the timekeepers to exist. That's my theory. All along. Oh, like, okay. Like the okay. timekeepers are future people of some sort, space lizards, whatever that like they have to protect their timeline because it is the thing that allows them to exist because eventually it will allow them to exist. And so if a bunch of changes happen to the timeline and their timeline gets destroyed, they don't exist anymore. That's, that's been kind of my thinking on it anyway. Like it's like any society that wins the battle is going to keep, keep the land where it's supporting them, you know, like keep this, keep this sort of like land that they won, this, this universe, the multiverse and like keep it contributing to their society. If that makes yeah. sense, it has sort of a feel going back to the whole Doctor Who thing, where they've got the the fixed points in time. Yeah, where no matter what you do, you can't go back there and affect that because it's always going to correct itself because it's something that has to happen. Right, and it makes me wonder if that's so. That's the timekeepers. The timekeepers are the force that's making that happen, making mm-hmm. these things stay the way they are. And maybe this agent knows kind of these fixed points in time, and maybe like that's what that's why Loki, female Loki, stole one of the timekeepers because she needed to know like where to send all those bombs. And then like all those bombs went through those little doors into right. all these different ty- parts of uh, space time and blew up all these weak points or strong points in the timeline that made it fork like the Nexus events. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Nexus events or whatever. Who knows? I kind of want to bring up the fact that there's a little bit of a, a parallel through line between this series just in the first two episodes here and, Falcon and the Winter Soldier in terms of like the flag smashers being these people that were displaced. It's almost like the variants are displaced in their own way. And I can see the female Loki kind of being that like, I have a right to exist. Like who are the timekeepers to establish this uh, sacred timeline and divide the resources, you know? Well, a hundred percent. I like when, when, when they show in the first episode, there's a war, right? Like 
There's this mm-hmm. war among timelines, and this this timeline won, and now it is using all of its power that it has gathered to suppress all other timelines. And it reminded me right. of things like the Flag Smashers, but also just like every other oppressed people in history. Sure. Like, sure. you know, once someone wins the war, and then they start oppressing people that are that they that they've defeated. You know, um, mm-hmm. and that's just kind of how how war works. And like, so the idea that someone would would want to break out of that and like break free makes a lot of sense. Hmm. It seems like they do have a quite a bit because they. I also saw another parallel, but this one to Wandavision when Loki and um, Mobius were talking, and Mobius says, "Well, that was an oversimplification of it." And I was expecting him to just go right to the same speech that Agent Wu did, where they use that oversimplification of events type thing. Where it's like they must have had writers for all the shows like comparing notes because there seems to be a lot of callbacks, even how subtle they are to the previous shows and uh, that we've just recently seen. So mm, I see that. I see At that. least I see that. So it's mm. so uh, just throwing out some things from the chat. Mikel Ice says much more exciting than the series premiere. What do you guys think? It was more or less exciting. I think excitement mm. level was there. It's I mean they were they were both interested. The first one I like I I did the same as you. I rewatched it right before like earlier today and it doesn't have the excitement level but there's so much on there as far as just the the world building and seeing yeah loki seeing his past which is more heart-wrenching than excitement but yeah you don't i mean you could have stuff that doesn't have the excitement level but it doesn't mean it's not interesting and captivating as well so but yeah this one definitely had those fight scenes in the the rock smart or rocks cart mm-hmm. were uh were pretty intense yeah i agree i think this one Definitely had more action than the yeah. first one, but like that first one for me, all that world building is so exciting. Like I get, it was really such a strong it. debut. Yeah. yeah, I get, I got really into that initial uh, initial episode. And they definitely had a lot more uh, uses of vacuum cleaners as weapons in this one. Yeah. Uh, using the, the 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 Roomba thing and then using the 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 hosed one is like it was like use your what do you have at your disposal? Yeah, he's in the vacuum yeah. department. He had to use what he had, you know. <laughs> I know Modok is technically Marvel adjacent, but yeah, between this and and Modok, r- the Roombas, yeah, yeah, twenty twenty one is the year of Roomba for Marvel. <laughs> no, I, can only, I can only assume in the future too that this is Rock's cart that it's uh, of uh, Rock's Rock on Corporation, yeah, right? like, like they're sure. Walmart, so they took over the world a little more, and yep, you know, Rock's on. Domination confirmed, maybe, but it's yeah. going to get destroyed. So, well, it's also like <laughs> all over the place. Roxxon has been all over so many different of the Marvel properties, especially the sort of third party ones. Um, it's kind of mm-hmm. just kind of cool. Uh, let's see. Jimmy T three says, "My one bit of instant research is that he was working on level three seventy two because Thor number three seventy two was the first appearance of the TVA in the comics." Interesting. That's rad. I like that. Uh, Emily says. Um, they are both giving Emmy level performances, and I'm so sad this series is too late for this year's awards, and we'll have to wait until next year. Yeah, I totally agree. I you know what though, I disagree with that because I think July. I forgot. Oh no, you know what? No, that's right. June first is the cutoff for this past season, as far as the um, applications for uh, Emmy consideration. So the first two series will. So this one could be going for next year then. Yeah. Mm. Cool. Well, uh, thank you guys so much for hanging out. Uh, I guess that's going to be about it for Late Night Loki. You guys got any last thoughts? I'll bring on next week, man. I'm excited. Yeah. I th- This is so much like a movie, and I just want it to... I want to see all six hours right away. 
This has just been so good. Mm. Yeah. I guess for my final thoughts, I'll just give a shout out to, uh, now I just lost her name. Natalie Holt is doing the music and she's just absolutely yes. killing it. Yeah. 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 The, the music's it, been awesome. It feels like the, you know, the tragic themes from the first two movies, the very Shakespearean and, and of that, that era, that, uh, excuse me, like medieval Norse, Norse era. But then it also kind of meets that Mark's mother, ba electronic score that we got introduced introduced to in, in Ragnarok. And it's kind of a perfect marriage there. So I'm really digging it. Yeah, it definitely sets the tone, especially that theremin. Mm-hmm. That, mm. Oh, good get, call. Yeah, anytime you can incorporate theremin in something, it's yeah. perfect. I like it. That's real mm-hmm. fun. And you don't overuse it, so. Agreed. Good times. It's cool. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, you guys got anything you want to plug real quick? Animation Deliberation. Wherever you find your podcast, check us out at Animation Deliberation. We're working with the Star Wars Universe podcast to do coverage of Bad Batch. And then we also just resumed our uh, coverage of Young Justice. So check us out there. Leave us some reviews. Join the conversation. Yeah. Great podcast. And I got uh, uh, the first episode of Source Pages should be dropping with before the next time we're watching Loki. Ooh. Uh, we're covering the uh, Black Widow Deadly Origins, myself and Haley Hobbs. And we got uh, Jeff Randall jumping in on it. So... Nice. Uh, the first one will be dropping soon, and then uh, we'll go from there. Dude, that's great. That's really, really great. Um, and yeah. we'll, we'll probably, uh, if you're if you're cool with it, we might throw that in the MCU cast feed and let people know uh, yeah. that, the pay, that 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 podcast is existing, or maybe half the episode or something. Make them go, make them go get the full episode at the source. <laughs> Give them a teaser. Yeah, guys, thank you so much for joining us. We are the Marvel Cinematic Years podcast. Have a great day. Peace. Who wants it? Until the next time, true believers. (laughs) Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Available everywhere you get podcasts, and now a video version streaming live on twitch.tv slash strandedpandatv and available at youtube.com slash strandedpanda. And if you'd like to learn more about all of our other podcasts, geeky projects, and ways to support the network, visit strandedpanda.com.